On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Elon Musk returns to Joe Rogan's podcast and talks about the new Roadster. Plus, Tesla releases their autopilot safety report for Q1 2020. White hat hacker Green the Only has an important public service announcement for anyone who's done the hardware three upgrade and more. What's happening, friends? Ryan McCaffrey with you for episode 249 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. This one for May 10th, 2020. And if you hear any light snoring in the background of this episode, that'll be Daisy the Boxer Puppy to my left, who is curled up and looks like she's ready to pass out at any moment. But I hope you are relaxed and ready to enjoy an hour or so of Tesla news and what's been going on in the world of Tesla this week. Plus, of course, your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline later in the podcast. A quick word up front, the Patreon-only bonus episode for May is up now, and it's for all patrons this month. Anybody supporting me on Patreon at any tier, it's not tiered off like it typically is. I just wanted to say thank you to all of you who are continuing to support me on Patreon during these very uncertain times. Uh, now, the callers on this episode are John from Dublin, Gunner from Denver, Camille from Vancouver, Brad from Minnesota, Patrick from Utah, Daniel from Seattle, Mike from Boston, Rick from Rochester, Lawton from Chicago, Jeff from Virginia, Fred from Maine, and Kenny from Newport News. So if you heard your name there and you're not already supporting me on Patreon, please feel free to email me teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I would be happy to provide you a download token for this episode so that you can hear the response to your question that you were kind enough to call in with. All right, a lot to get to this week, and I want to start with the most exciting thing, and that was Elon Musk returning to Joe Rogan's podcast. And well, it wasn't quite as headline-generating as last time. For instance, there was no smoking of any kind this time around, but it was nevertheless still, uh, still a very interesting two hours. I've pulled the big Tesla clip here, but this is only about eight minutes of a two-hour interview. Joe got two more hours with Elon, so I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. And by the way, in this clip where Elon talks about Tesla, if you hear anything that's slightly off, it's because I have uh, very crudely cut out a few of the profanities that Mr. Rogan utters. You know, I keep this podcast G-rated whenever possible and figure, well, just, just slice those out in case you've got kids or anyone else listening in the car. They don't really add anything to Joe's point. He's just, I mean, he's, he's excited. It's fine. It's, uh, <laughs> but I cut him out here, so if it sounds a little, a little uh, strange in a couple spots, that's why. So, uh, again... Check out the full conversation on either YouTube or your favorite podcast service. Just search for Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, and it should pop right up. A lot of the rest of the two hours covers Neuralink. So if you're curious about that, do check it out. But here is Elon talking about uh, primarily the Tesla Roadster with Joe Rogan. Um, when am I going to be able to buy one of them Roadsters? When's that happening? Well, I can't, you know... I say exactly when, but uh, 
we, we got to get it. <laughs> you know, this is, this COVID thing's kind of throwing us for a loop. I'm sure. Um, so, um, not to blame everything on COVID, but um, it's you know certainly set us back on on, on progress for you know, some number of months. Um, the I mean, the things we've got to get get done uh, ahead of Roadster are um, you know get, ramping up Model Y production. Um, that that'll be a, a great great car. It is a great car. Um, getting the uh, Berlin Gigafactory built um, and and also building Y, getting expanding the Shanghai factory, which is going great. Um, and um, get the, get the, you know, there's a cyber truck, semi truck, roadster. Um, ro- roadster's kind of like dessert. So, like, we, we got to get the, you know, meat and potatoes and greens and stuff. <laughs> you know, like. But roadster comes before cyber truck. I mean, I think we should do Cybertruck first before mm. before before Roadster. Interesting. Now, now some I'm not the, mad at that. Some of the things for Roadster, uh, they're, they're you know the tri-motor, a uh, plaid powertrain. We're going to have that in Model S. Uh, so that's like part, one of the th- ingredients that's needed for for Roadster is the the plaid powertrain, the more advanced ba- you know battery back that kind of thing. I wanted to ask you about this before I forgot. Well, there's a company that's called Apex that's taking your Teslas and they're giving it a wider base and th- wider tires and a little bit more advanced suspension. Sure. How do you feel about that? Are you, yeah, do you work me, with sure. them? Are you cool uh, with those people? Yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm off, yeah, go ahead. They're j- jazzing stuff up with carbon fiber and doing a bunch of interior choices. You're cool with that? You, you can't with that. You don't have time. So is it good that someone comes along and has yeah, like got, a sort of specialty operation? No, yeah, I got no problem. That's uh, what it's called, right? It's like, Jamie, is it called Apex? Yeah, I got a unplugged performance S Apex. That's right, yeah. unplugged performance. Yeah. Yeah, you could for sure, um, uh, r- r- you know, lighten the car up and uh, improve to tire traction. And have you seen that company's stuff? What they do? I don't know specifically, but it's it's pretty dope. Yeah, they make a pretty dope looking. They take Model S and they yeah. they widen it and give it a bunch of carbon fiber. That's it right there. Cool. Ooh la la! Look that at that. That looks pretty nice. Yeah, it does. Now the the plaid version of the model s you are you going to widen the track and doing a bunch do a bunch of different i know you guys are testing at the nurburgring can you not talk about that well i think we got to leave that for like a you know proper sort of product unveil i understand yeah i understand um last time you were here you convinced me to buy a tesla i bought it and it's insane oh great glad you like it oh man pretty fun i don't it's not just pretty fun it's like I, the way I've described it is it makes other cars seem stupid. <laughs> they just seem dumb. Like, I, and I love dumb things. I love dumb cars. Like, sure. I love campfires. Yeah, yeah, I love totally. campfires. I have a 1993 Porsche that's air-cooled. Sure. It's, like, re- it's not that fast. It's really slow compared to the Tesla. <laughs> yeah, they're really actually, slow. it's really quite slow. But yeah, but there's something... Sure. Engaging about the mechanical, just like the the gears, and sure. it's very it's very analog, but it's so stupid in comparison to the Tesla. Like when I want to go somewhere in the Model S, I hit the gas and it just goes wee. Yeah, yeah. It just it, it like violates time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you, yeah, you've tried it like Ludacris Plus and stuff. Oh like yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh uh, yeah. We, we did just did a software update where it'll do a che- like a cheetah stance. So uh, yeah, so it's it because it, it, it's got a, a d- dynamic air suspension, so it lowers the back. Oh Jesus! 
Yeah, just like a, like a sprinter, basically. <laughs> right. Like, what do you do if you're a sprinter? You right. like hunker down and then uh, – so uh, I shaved like a tenth of a second off the zero to six. I mean, like, you know, it, it was pretty fun. It's so f- – I've taken yeah. so many people and I'm like I, – I take them for the whole shit moment. I'm like, are you ready? Like, hang on there. And then yeah. I stomp on the gas. That I've never felt anything like it. It's confusing. <laughs> yeah. It really is. Sure. The the instant torque, the instant torque, mm-hmm. and just the sheer acceleration is baffling. It's baffling. It's baffling. They've never felt it. No, it's and faster than falling. It's crazy. It's so <laughs> fast. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. And my family yells at me when I stomp the gas. Like um, I tell my kids, I'm like, "You want to feel it? You want to feel it? Like do it, do it, do it." My wife's like, "Don't do it." <laughs> yeah. Boom. What? Yeah. And even if I just do it on the highway for a couple of seconds, yeah, it's very, very fun. exciting. Yeah. It's very. It's like fun. having a roller coaster on tap. You know. It really is like a roller coaster on tap. Yeah. yeah without the loop de loops, but it's the 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 pinning to your seat. It seems like you're not supposed to be able to experience that from some sort of a con. You know, a consumer vehicle that you can just a regular person could buy if yeah. you have the money. It seems too too crazy. And then the idea yeah. that this roadster is a half of a second faster than that. Yeah, that's madness. Well, that roads with the roadster, we're going to do some things that are kind of unfair. So we're going to take some things from like you know from uh, kind of like Rocket Rocket World and put them on a car. So. Oh, I read about that. Yeah. Explain that. Like, what do you do? Well, like I said, we can't do okay. the product unveil right here, but okay. but yeah, it's going to do some <laughs> things that are unfair. And the, unfair. The, 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 when we do the unveil of the Roadster, let me just say that anyone who's been waiting, they won't be sorry. It's They won't be sorry. Oh, it's, sure. Well, anything that goes 0 to 60, what is it, 1.9? Is that the 0 to 60? That, that's the base model. That's <laughs> What's the top of the food chain model? Well, I guess, okay, okay. You know, okay. Gotta, you know, faster than that. Let's just say faster, faster than, than that. that. Yeah. That seems so crazy to me. Now, what, what was it like when the dude threw the steel balls at the window and they were supposed to not break and it broke? Well, yeah. I mean, I know, at, at least, at least circumstances. The, our, you, know, you know that our demos are authentic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I was not expecting that. And, I, and then I, I think I muttered under my breath. <laughs> <laughs> like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get mad, though. No. Uh, you didn't Steve Jobs it. Um, no, I, 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 I definitely swore, uh, but you know, I didn't think the mic would pick it up, but it did. Um, and uh, it, but so, like, we practiced this, you know, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, like, like, at, at Tesla, we, we, don't do, we don't do, like, tons of practice for, for our demos because we, we, we're, work, we're working on the cars like we you know we're building new technologies and and, and improving the, the the fundamental product so we're not spending it like doing like hundreds of you know practice things or anything like that we don't have time for that um but the the hour, just hours before the, the demo um both fronts uh you know uh, is a head of design and and, and i were in, in the studio throwing steel balls at the window and just bouncing right off um and like okay this seems pretty good seems like we got it okay <laughs> Um, and then I, we think what happened was that um, when, we, we, when, we, when, when Franz hit the, 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 the door with the sledgehammer, you know, so, so like, like this, oh, is, this is like yeah, yeah, yeah. exoskeleton, you know, high strength, hardened steel. You can literally take wind up with a sledgehammer, you know, full on double handed sledgehammer and hit the door and there's not even a dent. It's cool. Um, but we think that that cracked the corner of the glass at the bottom, oh. um, and then 
once you crack the corner of the glass, it's game over. So uh, then when you threw the bowl, that that's what cracked the glass. So in but hindsight, it didn't go through, though. It didn't go through. <laughs> it that's didn't go true. through. That's true. It didn't yeah. shatter the whole thing like a regular window would either, yeah, yeah. which would just dissolve, yeah. right? So in hindsight, the ball should have been first, sledgehammer second. Yeah. yeah. You live, you learn. Yeah, exactly. Well, first, I will say that I thought it was very interesting to hear Elon's post-mortem on the Cybertruck window-breaking incident. It does make sense. His explanation to at least this layperson does make sense. And it's funny to hear him say that Tesla doesn't really rehearse their demos a lot. I know some people have criticism of Tesla's uh, product unveilings that, eh, they can meander, they don't seem super polished, but... I, in general, I like the authenticity of them. Now, I think maybe the the future solution from now on might be to maybe meet in the middle somewhere between those two camps and maybe rehearse a little bit more in the future. But uh, anyway, next, on to the Roadster comments. We've heard Elon compare the Roadster to dessert before. In fact, a year ago, during my interview with him, when I tried to ask him about the Roadster, and he just said, hey, that's dessert. We've got to get through uh, through our, our main course first. And it makes sense. It's a fair analogy. It also makes sense that the pandemic has slowed Tesla down on multiple fronts, including the Roadster. But I'll tell you that this, I think, is pretty much official confirmation that the Roadster will not be out until at least 2022. The Y production ramp has to happen first. You heard him say that. Okay, that's going to happen this year. So no real, no real, uh, nothing to worry about there. But then he says that Giga Berlin, aka Giga Factory 4, has to get done and that the Cybertruck is going to come first. Now what's funny about this, and I'm not sure if I said this on the podcast at the time or not, is that at the Cybertruck unveiling last November, I was standing in line for my test ride, and Franz was right there, just hanging out. And at this point, remember, I had I had just interviewed Franz probably three weeks ago, so he recognized me. I was a you know not a total stranger, so I said hello, and I got it was nice. I got to say thank you for the interview, and now that it had been out, that was that was a nice nice moment for me. It's always nice to express gratitude to somebody like that who, you know, Franz doesn't do a lot of interviews. Anyway, uh, the last thing that I asked Franz during the, the minute or two that I had with him there was, I asked him, well, are we going to get the Roadster before the Cybertruck? And he he got this look on his face. He paused. I could see him thinking about it. He kind of smiled and then just said no comment. And then that was, he moved on to talk to other people as if he knew but couldn't say anything but anyway, uh, both the Cybertruck and Giga Berlin are due, as you know, in late 2021. So that means, using the, the, the pretty basic math there, there's almost no way that we see Roadster on the road prior to 2022. I'll remind you, I don't know, if depending on how long you've been following Tesla, it's worth reminding you, the Roadster now, it was unveiled in November of 2017, so it's already been two and a half years, 
and it appears we're only about halfway through that wait. We are looking at roughly five years from the unveiling of the Roadster until its actual release. That's a long time, even by Tesla's standards, of their past prototype to the, the time it took from prototype to production. And in fact, on that note, I have to wonder if the Roadster's styling will get tweaked a bit between uh, the unveiling and now and launch. I mean, it's a beautiful car, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think it's, it looks like it's going 250 miles an hour just standing still. But five years is a long time for a design. I mean, yes, I know the, S, the, the Model S in particular is, is uh, well, eight years overall on its design and, and even four years on its current iteration of the, with the, the, the nose cone being deleted off the, the car now. But nevertheless, uh, again, five, just five years is a long, long time. The Model S and the Model X, as I uh, alluded to a moment ago, those were both long waits from the prototype reveal to production. And both of them, my point here being that both of those cars ended up evolving a bit from a styling perspective by the time they came to market. I could see the Roadster maybe getting a bit more aggressive in the styling between now and then as just as time moves on and you look at the Cybertruck and it's obviously it's an extremely aggressive design. I'm not saying suddenly the Roadster is going to turn into the Cyber Roadster, but just, you know, I could see uh, some slightly more aggressive tweaks come to the Roadster styling before it comes out. I, uh, I, I think it was cool to hear Elon echo what Franz told me during uh, my aforementioned Franz interview from last October. Franz had said to me that the final Roadster will be better than the prototype in every way. Those were his exact words. And here with Rogan, Elon very confidently says, quote, anyone who's been waiting for it, they won't be sorry. So I love hearing that. I cannot wait to see the Roadster. I'll tell you, if I had to guess, I would imagine that the Roadster unveiling that Elon mentions there might happen next year sometime. I mean, that, that maybe even early 2022, but maybe sometime towards the second half of next year if this is a 2022 car. Now, unless Tesla decides to do a Plaid event, a Plaid powertrain event, and maybe have the Plaid S there, the Plaid Cybertruck there, perhaps a Plaid Model X as well, and the Roadster, all four cars together as a, as a big Plaid showcase. I think, though, the odds are better that there'll be separate events for the Plaid S and for the Roadster. But you never know, because I would have to imagine that if you were to lump the Roadster and the demo, uh, including the SpaceX package, in with three other Plaid vehicles, the SpaceX Roadster stuff would probably overshadow anything they're doing with the other three Plaid cars, and you wouldn't want that. You'd want them each to have their, their time to shine in the sun. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Finally, I wanted to note, I thought it was funny to hear Joe Rogan gush about uh, not only his Model S P100D, but also, how his family reacts to the launches in the car. It cracked me up because my family reacts exactly the same way as Joe's does. My wife hates it, and my kid loves it. So, And I love it, too, of course, as Joe does. 
So good stuff there. Uh, good to have another long-form interview with Elon on uh, courtesy of Mr. Joe Rogan. With any good luck, maybe before 2020 is out, I can get Elon back on this podcast. That would be nice. We'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh, meanwhile, Elon and the Cybertruck are going to be on the upcoming season of Jay Leno's Garage. And Jay went on Spike's Car Radio podcast to promote that upcoming season. Now, the hosts asked Jay about the Cybertruck, and it sounds like Jay had quite the fun time with the Cybertruck, which he got to drive. So thank you to Teslarati for the heads up on this. And here is a clip of Jay Leno on Spike's Car Radio podcast. Elon Musk is on this season with the Cybertruck. Right. What is that? What's what's? Did you do a segment? Did you drive it? What is it like? Yeah, I did. You did. Um, well, it's very Tesla-like and it's very quick. Uh, some very clever. And you know what's interesting? Uh, some people like the styling. Some people don't. But the one thing it does do, it changes your perception of trucks. Have looked the same since what 1930. Mm-hmm. Basically, a giant grill with some sort of aggressive thing in the front. You know. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't look like anything else you've ever seen before. So it immediately makes everything else look sort of old-fashioned. You know, the funny part was we uh, we we drive around the truck, and, you know, he's a very impulsive guy. So I says, hey, how was that, uh, how was that boring machine thing working out? <laughs> he, I, he says, oh, good, good. You know, you've got a tunnel that's under Los Angeles. And so I said, I said oh, he, he goes, hey, I got an idea. You want to see if you can drive the Cybertruck in the tunnel? I said, sure. Yeah, let's go do that. And he goes, well, I don't know if it's going to fit. <laughs> I go, well, you never think, let's see if it fits. So we, so we drive to the tunnel, and we have about a quarter of an inch on each side. And he goes, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, good, good, good. So now we're 60 <laughs> feet down. You know, the tunnel is not 10 feet. It's right. 60 feet down. So we drive the Cybertruck. We barely good get it Lord. into the tunnel. And now we're going like 50, 60 miles an hour through the tunnel with a quarter inch on each side. And, and uh, so go along. And we're talking about, you know, what if there's an earthquake? And he says to me, you know, this is the best place to be in an earthquake, 60 feet down. And I sure. said, why is that? And he said, well, because uh, the same said. way in an earthquake, it's better to be in the ocean than on top of the ocean. I go, oh, that makes sense. Okay, so now we're driving. Over. <laughs> the tunnel is about a mile and a half, two miles. Okay, we come to the end of the tunnel. Right. And there's, there's an elevator. It takes you six stories up to the ground. Okay, so we get out, and I press the button to get in the elevator. Now the elevator is coming up, and we're in some guy's backyard. <laughs> I, go, I go, what's that? You go, oh, we, this guy lets us use his backyard in El Segundo. And, and we pull up, and there's a gas grill there and a broken bicycle and some other stuff, you know, and a little chain link fence around this. What in God's what name? Was now a hole in the ground. <clears throat> and then we drive off again. I mean, hilarious. It was a lot of fun. Wow. So, but wait, you, the tunnel you know, the just real, goes. This... The real game changer, too, Yeah. is this is the semi. Okay. It's it's as big as a Peterbilt. It's electric. Imagine a semi that's faster than the fastest 911. Wow. Frightening almost. I mean, and, I mean you've and, got, it's like watching a building take off down the street. Wow. It, it's, it's amazing. It is amazing. I don't see. think I've seen that truck. Has he announced that? Have I what? Has he announced that? I don't think I've seen that truck. 
um, I don't know if it's officially announced, but it's out there. Wow. I mean, I was in it. I mean, it's it's amazing, and it's and it drives just just like uh, just like any other Tesla. You know, it's fascinating. You know, I really like Elon. He's an interesting guy. Yeah, he like, is. You know, it's so funny because like most people think, uh, like bullet train. Oh, a train that goes two hundred miles an hour. Yeah, that'd be cool. He's thinking. 800 miles an hour <laughs> in a vacuum tube. And you go, oh, okay, you know, you always take it to the next level, which is right. pretty cool. Well, we obviously haven't seen the final segment on the show yet, but it sounds like the boring tunnel part of Mr. Leno's day with Elon was totally improvised by Elon, which must have been pure gold falling into your lap if you're the producer of that show. Uh, and interestingly, if the clearance around the Cybertruck was as close as Jay says it was, you've got to figure that there was no one else from Tesla around to try and stop Elon from doing that. Because, boy, by the way it's described, even the slightest misstep could have damaged the what is currently one-of-a-kind Cybertruck prototype. Could have damaged it pretty good, regardless of how strong the body is. I mean, they might have scratched the heck out of the stainless steel at the very least. Now, yes, that can be repaired, that can be taken out, but nevertheless, my goodness. Uh, also, it sounds like Jay got to drive the Tesla Semi, too, and his description of it in motion that is my new favorite description of the Tesla Semi that I've ever heard. Quote, it's like watching a building take off. I love that so much. For the rest of the interview with Jay, check out the Jay Leno episode of Spike's Car Radio Podcast. It is, as of uh, this recording, the most recent episode of the Spike's Car Radio Podcast. Next up this week, the new autopilot safety report for Q1 2020 is out. Tesla noting, quote, in the first quarter, we registered one accident for every 4.68 million miles driven in which our drivers had autopilot engaged. For those driving without autopilot, but with our active safety features, we registered one accident for every 1.99 million miles driven. For those driven uh, for those driving without autopilot and without our active safety features, we registered one accident for every 1.42 million miles driven. By comparison, NHTSA's most recent data shows that in the United States, there is an automobile crash every 479,000 miles, or uh, on the million scale, that would be 0 0.479. Total overall miles and crashes were significantly reduced in this quarter. Well, we certainly know why the overall miles and crashes were significantly reduced this quarter. There weren't any cars on the road anywhere for a good two weeks of Q1. Now, sure, it's only two weeks, but the fact that just about everyone completely stopped driving cold turkey is clearly enough to have made a difference for the entire quarter. Heck, take a look at the clean air pictures from Los Angeles and from other cities around the world. Not that Teslas were previously contributing to the problem, thankfully. Uh, now, as I learned last quarter when I went over these numbers, I learned that, uh, which now makes total sense, it is best to present year-over-year -year data here rather than quarter-over-quarter -quarter data to account for the seasonality of driving. So, Q1 2019 
one accident for every 2.87 million miles driven with autopilot on, one accident every 1.76 million without. Uh, so that's, again, it was one for every 4.68 million with autopilot in Q1 2020 compared to Q1 2019, one for every 2.87. So that is a significant difference. Uh, now, by comparison, the NHTSA's most recent data shows that in the United States, there is an automobile crash every 436,000 uh, miles. With autopilot and a larger fleet, it went from, again, one every 2.87 uh, to one every 4.68. That's, again, it's such a, it's an impressive difference. And interestingly, I don't think there are any major autopilot feature differences year over year. It's just been refinement on the existing features uh, because, of course, the traffic slash stop, uh, traffic light slash stop sign recognition only just came out, and it just came out in what was Q2, not the end of Q1. So really interesting to see the excellent progress there as autopilot becomes an ever and ever more safe way to operate your vehicle. Next this week, uh, this was the story I certainly am, was not looking forward to doing this week, but I absolutely need to pass, I feel uh, obligated to pass the word along here. This is a public service announcement, and I'm being completely serious here. This comes courtesy of white hat Tesla hacker Green the Only, who you know, I've been mentioning a lot recently. He's been digging up some very interesting stuff, and I should also give a tip of the hat to InsideEVs.com as Green initially chatted with them to uh, help them build out their story. This is a serious one. So Green saying on Twitter, quote, if you had the infotainment computer in your Tesla replaced, for instance, the Model 3 full self-driving computer upgrade, a uh, MCU2 retrofit, an MCU1 EMMC fix, or any other fix requiring a computer swap, consider all accounts you logged into from the car compromised and change your passwords. In particular, if you log into Spotify, the Spotify password is stored in the car in plain text. Gmail and Netflix are stored as a cookie but still give a potential attacker access. Then, of course, all recent calendar events and your phone book and calls history too, end quote. Speaking to Inside EVs as they flesh this story out with Green, Green said each of the modules that he had bought had, quote, so he's, he's you know, he picked up some of these uh, on the, the secondhand market, these computers, because he likes to tinker. And he said that each of them he bought had, quote, owner's home and work location and all saved Wi-Fi passwords. So uh, just a heads up on all this. Now, if you're wondering how did this come to be discovered, Green told Inside EVs, prices on eBay for these units started to drop from more than $500 to $300, then $200, then $150, and so on. So more and more people started to buy them for research. They are useless in car repairs because there's no easy way to use them in other cars. Since you need specialized knowledge to get started, some of those people turned to me and other hackers to help them get started. Some units were sent to me to extract data out of them to bootstrap some research too. 
This is when I became aware of the data leakage happening. I then purchased a unit on eBay to confirm it works exactly like that, and it sure does, end quote. According to Green, he informed Tesla of his findings before coming to Inside EVs, and as Inside EVs notes, the Palo Alto, California-based company refused to notify all of its customers that might be affected in a timely manner, although a week before this article was published, Tesla did say it would notify some of the affected customers. Well, uh, not great to hear that. For me, I can distinctly recall logging into my Tesla account in the car before via the web browser and tesla.com. And I certainly also was logged into Netflix and my YouTube account as well. So I had to change all of those plus my Wi-Fi passwords. Hopefully it's unlikely that anything bad would actually happen with that data. But then again, the kinds of people who'd try to get their hands on secondhand Tesla hardware probably only really fall into either of the extremes, the white hat camp, the people who are just wanting to learn things like green the only, or the black hat hacker camp. So I would say better safe than sorry as far as changing any passwords of yours that might be compromised if you have had a computer swap in your car as I had uh, just a couple months ago for hardware three. All right. Back to fun stuff, got a couple more stories for you this week. Here is an interesting new software feature that's been added to the Tesla software roadmap recently, and that is video conferencing. Elon was asked about this by my friend John from Tesla Owners Silicon Valley, and Elon replied to John saying, yeah, definitely a future feature. So it's not to say maybe it was already on the product roadmap, but if not, it certainly is now. And it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. The car is already plugged into your phone and its contact list. And every Model 3 and every Model Y has a cabin-facing camera. Every Tesla, including SNX here, has a microphone, which as of now is used for speakerphone calls and voice commands. So you've got all the hardware needed for video conferencing. It's already there. I would imagine that if and when this does come to fruition, it will only work when the car is in park, as with any software feature that requires you to pay attention to the screen. But this would still be really cool regardless, whether, you know, even though you can't use it while you're moving, that would, again, probably be unsafe, but you could be on vacation with your family and take a video call from your car if you had a, some sort of emergency work thing that came up. And you could have a cool background, provided your Tesla's backseat is not overrun with, with junk anyway, as, my, as mine sometimes is. There's, there's sometimes the dog canopy there with, uh, with a dog in it. But, although I guess Daisy makes for a cute background, but sometimes there's, there's dog stuff or what have you back there. Anyway, uh, and yeah, with a, you might say, well, I've got, a, I've got a smartphone that can do that. Well, sure, that's definitely true, but... With, a, with, with this capability in the, in the Teslas, you'd have a nice fixed camera. You wouldn't have to try and hold a phone still in your hand while you're trying to have a video conference. So no ETA here, as you can, as you can see, but obviously it is on the list now. Good stuff. Finally this week, I've got one more clip for you. 
Sandy Monroe, the uh, literal hacker, the <laughs> if, if Green is a, is a software hacker, Sandy Monroe literally hacks Teslas and pretty much every other kind of car. Well, he is wrapping up his literal dissection of the Tesla Model Y, which I've been playing some interesting clips of for you over the, the recent weeks as he's been doing this. And well, Sandy's almost done, and he got his hands on a second Model Y to play with. And this one, as of now, is still all in one piece, and he's been driving it a bit. And so here is a clip of Sandy giving his verdict on the Tesla Model Y after all the time he spent with it, both behind the wheel, but also tearing it apart down to the studs. So here you go, Sandy Monroe. I, uh, I don't think I ever recommended a Model 3 to anybody, ever, unless they were doing some kind of a technical research project. I will tell you that I've already recommended this uh, four or five times. If you want an EV, and I've had a chance to drive almost every one of them, and you want it at a, not a, it's not cheap, that's for sure, but at a decent price, and you want something that's probably worth every penny, and probably will keep its, uh, its evaluation uh, in the future, uh, I think this might be a good idea. We have heard a couple of complaints uh, about uh, little things here and there, but it's a new car. It's a very new build. So everybody has little problems. I think they'll sort out these, uh, these problems. And uh, so I don't say this very often. I, I think you might uh, be happy if you buy uh, one of these. So anyway, uh, let's uh, wrap it up. Thanks so much uh, for uh, tipping all those cashiers and all those other people that could use the cash. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We'll be talking to you some more about this vehicle and others. I've said it before, but I will say it again. High praise from Mr. Monroe, who is a Detroit mainstay and by no means a Tesla fanboy like I am. And his, his issues with the early build Model 3 are well documented. So to hear him have this kind of praise for the Y, particularly on such an early VIN Y, as he notes, is just really, really great to see. Hopefully Tesla can get back to pumping these babies out for a crossover SUV-hungry North American market here very soon. There was a late-breaking story that I didn't cover just because it's it's not it's still developing, but uh, Elon wanted to open things back up today, meaning Friday, as I record this Friday, May 8th, and Alameda County saying, hey, hold up, not quite yet. So that, that, is, uh, that is ongoing, but hopefully I'll have a good resolution to report back on for that next week. All right, that wraps it up for the big stories in the world of Tesla this week. Stick with me, though. I've got your phone calls coming up in the Ride the Lightning hotline right after this quick word from Master Chief. This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief, Sierra 117. You're listening to Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out. Thank you, Mr. Downs. And real quick, before I get to the Ride the Lightning hotline, I want to mention abstractocean.com. They very generously continue to offer a 15% discount for listeners of this podcast who are visiting abstractocean.com, or purchasing, I should say, 
purchasing things from abstractocean.com for the very first time. They've got your uh, tempered glass screen protectors for the 3 and the Y. They've got the cool Roadster-style TESLA lettering on the back that you can put on the back of your Model 3. They've got the center console wraps. They've got the cool lighting kits. Lots of great stuff. Browse around, see what you like, abstractocean.com. And then when you've got everything you like in that shopping cart, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST at checkout to get that 15% off of your first order. All right, Ride the Lightning Hotline time. Your calls, uh, your time to shine. I've got uh, plenty of them lined up. And I remind you, if you have got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, I invite you, I encourage you to call in anytime. It's very easy. There are two simple ways to do it. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software feature and record that question. Please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less and email that file to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can send that same 90 second or less question to the Ride the Lightning hotline itself. Just call or Skype 1-888-989-8752 anytime. That number again, 1-888-989-TSLA. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Uh, So real quick, a lot of reactions to Elon's comments on the earnings call last week. Uh, More, I... You know, as I said then, I really don't want to linger on this. I want to talk about fun stuff, but it's a big topic. I got a lot of responses, so I'm going to play two calls, one from each perspective, uh, let's say. So the first is Jay from L.A. Go ahead, Jay. Hey, Ryan, it's Jay from L.A. I had to call in and comment on the whole Elon Musk earnings call situation. I mean, I'm normally a Tesla super fan, and I even created a YouTube channel like dedicated to Tesla. But the way Elon has responded to the COVID-19 is a disgrace. Honestly, it's extremely disappointing when one of your idols spreads rhetoric like free America and talks about how we're overreacting and taking people's freedoms away. It's disingenuous and hypocritical. The world is in a pandemic, and the more people catch this, the more people die. It's that simple. This country is about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not pursuit of happiness, then life. You can't have one without the other. This whole movement against protecting people sounds exactly like the climate change deniers of the world. Oh, the world will be fine. We don't need to change. There's no evidence of climate change. It sounds weirdly like the arguments Elon's making. I hope he uses his genius for good in the situation right now because all he's doing now is setting a bad example. All right. Love the show. Take care. Jay, thank you for calling. As I mentioned, uh, setting this up, I got a million calls about this, as you might imagine. I said my piece, and I don't want to linger on it, but I'll tell you one thing you said really stuck with me, and that you said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, not pursuit of happiness and then life. You can't have one without the other. Well said, Jay. Well said. All right, let's hear from the other perspective. Leon from Denver is uh, very much in agreement with Elon Musk's perspective on this. Go ahead, Leon. Hey, Ryan. It's Leon from Denver. And uh, I know you're going to be doing the earnings report podcast. And I just want to throw out a real quick message 
basically, I just want to say God bless Elon Musk for saying what really needs to be said and staying relatively calm about it. As you're doing the earnings report, I expect you to be offended by some of his pro-freedom rant, but I would just like to point out that it needed to be said, and there are a lot of us that agree with him, even though I'm sure you're going to have lots of reasons to disagree with him. But I would just like to point out that if you can work from home, that's a wonderful thing. If you're getting paid to stay from, stay home, that's a nice thing. However, as a small business owner, what I would normally have as an income is now costing me 4x that to sit at home. So for every month you sit at home, it's gonna you're going to have to work four to five months just to make that back up again. I mean... For anybody who doesn't have a business, they just don't understand those numbers. Anyway, I don't want a loan. I'm not even looking for sympathy. All I'm looking for is a little freedom. Anyway, carry on, and I appreciate the podcast, even if we sometimes have a difference of opinion. Take care. Also very well stated. Thank you very much for your call, Leon. Now, if you couldn't tell, Leon called in before he heard last week's show, I didn't end up listening to his call until after I recorded last week's show. I did hear from some other people as well, but I really liked Leon's call. So, <laughs> Leon, you you predicted my response to Elon's comments very accurately. Uh, and in all seriousness, I very much appreciate you calling in with your with your opinion in such a respectful way. I mean, that's how, of course, I always want to talk to to everybody, certainly including my my audience and. I respect your position as a small business owner on this. This situation is a big problem. There's no avoiding that. There's no arguing that. And it affects all of us. There is just, there's not a single person that this doesn't affect in some way, shape, or form. So I appreciate that we can agree to disagree in, at times and still come together on the fun stuff like being a part of this great Tesla community. All right. No more calls this week about this on this topic, and hopefully never again. Uh, let's get back to some fun Tesla stuff. But I did appreciate everybody that called in, regardless of your opinion on it. And uh, again, I thought uh, I thought that Jay and Leon really, really said their pieces very well there. James from the Bay Area responds to Michael from Milbrae. This is going back a few shows now. Michael had called in about the Generation 3 uh, Tesla high-power wall charger being unable to talk to the Gen 2 charger. So James has a uh, an interesting call on that. James, go ahead. Hey, Ryan. How's it going? James from the Bay Area. Long time no talk. I uh, hope you and your family are doing well in these trying times. Uh, I believe a caller last week, my uh, buddy over there, Big Mike from Milbrae, uh, I believe he brought up having a new Gen 3 wall connector with Wi-Fi built in, not being able to talk to his Gen 2 wall connector. Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he has a Model 3, but I'm not sure his other Tesla vehicles that he has. But my question is, doesn't a Gen 3 wall connector only charge at 48 amps? And a Gen 2 wall connector, like he has and you and I and others have, charges at 72 amps it's uh able to so if you have an s or an x it can charge at a higher rate with the gen 2 but if you have a gen 3 it's only charging at 48 amps is that not correct or maybe you can set me straight there i guess my question is if i have an s or an x currently why even get a gen 3 wall connector you know and charge at a lower rate 
Or do you think down the road they'll up update the Gen 3 wall connector to charge at a higher rate? Or do you think when they come out with these tri-motor S's and X's that are uh, rumored to come out, do you think they'll have some new battery technology or something in it where it will only need to charge at 48 amps? I don't know. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. All right, Ryan, chat soon. James, it is always great to hear from you, and I have to thank you because you have taught me something today, which I always appreciate. You are correct, sir. I went and looked it up on the Tesla online store, which currently does show both the Gen 2 and Gen 3 connectors, and indeed, the Gen 3 connector maxes out at 48 amps, while the Gen 2 one can max out at 80 amps. That is a noticeable difference. In fact, it makes me wonder about uh, two vehicles that I've been talking a lot about on this episode, the Cybertruck and the Roadster. Those two vehicles both have big battery packs. Obviously, I'm talking about the 500-mile tri-motor Cybertruck specifically, and of course, all the Roadsters that with the 200 kilowatts, two kilowatt hours, pardon me. So I would hope that Tesla is going to offer a Gen 4 connector that can go higher than 48 amps to accommodate those vehicles. Thank you, James, for your call. JP from Texas is up next. Uh, Let's hear from JP. This is JP from Texas. Ryan, love your show. I usually listen to Ride the Lightning while I'm walking my dogs. Makes the time fly right by. I'm one of those unfortunate guys that had an early deposit on a Model 3, but had to cancel it because my car died about nine months before the Model 3 started production, so it looks like a Model Y is now in my future. In a previous episode, you mentioned that Tesla owners probably wouldn't be using Starlink anytime soon in their Teslas, but I must say, au contraire. I think that it's a good possibility that Tesla owners will cross paths with Starlink Internet sooner than expected at superchargers with Wi-Fi powered by Starlink. I think it will be a fantastic experience to be able to pull into a supercharger in the middle of nowhere and get gig Internet while waiting on your car to charge up. It's just a guess on my part, but it seems like a no-brainer to me. Have a great week, Ryan. Wow, what a great idea that is, JP. Thank you for calling in with this. And you know, corroborating your thought here is the fact that Elon has previously said that the goal is for superchargers to be Wi-Fi equipped at some point for Netflix and other entertainment apps to use, particularly as the cars become more and more able to self-drive. I wouldn't expect this to happen right away. I would imagine that providing internet for underserved communities around the world is going to be the priority, as it should be. But at some point down the road, this makes a ton of sense. Great thinking, JP. All right, I've got one more call for you lined up for this week's episode, and it comes courtesy of Joe in Montgomery, Alabama, with some constructive feedback for Tesla. Go ahead, Joe. Ride the lightning. Love it and wouldn't miss it. Appreciate all you do. This is Joe Lightning in Montgomery, Alabama. Hey, Elon, when you get a little older like me, you're going to really want to have a little bit larger type available on the touch screen. Please help us out a little bit with some options for larger type. Also, sure would be nice to have a version that could be put into a 
towable mode for RVs. Thanks. Hi, Joe. Well, this has come up before on this podcast, and sadly, it's still an issue. I completely agree with you here that the UI needs a larger font option. It's an accessibility thing. If your smartphone can do it, the Tesla touchscreen can do it as well. So here's hoping that the Tesla software team will move that higher up their priority list very soon for uh, just to make it a better experience for everybody, whether you, maybe you need it, maybe you don't. But for those that do, it would be great to have. Thank you for calling in, Joe. Thanks to everybody that has called in. And again, I kindly invite you to call in and participate. You make this podcast better with your calls. I really love this part of the show. I love getting different perspectives, different voices. So give me a ring if you feel so inclined. Again, you can do so in one of the two easy ways that I outlined for you at the top of this segment. All right, stick with me, though. I'm not quite done. I'll have your pro tip of the week and a little bit more for you coming up right after this. Well, my car hasn't moved this week, as I'm sure many of you are probably in a similar position. Still waiting for the zero-G wheels, the uh, referral program wheels, but that's all right. You know, can't look a gift horse in the mouth, and the car's not going anywhere anyway. But still, I, I am eager to get them. It's just they're, they're, they really look gorgeous in the pictures. I'm very excited to get them. So we'll see. One of these weeks, I'll finally be able to say I got them. <laughs> but in the meantime... The video game recommendation of the week for for quarantine video game activity. This segment coming at the suggestion of Stefan from Monterey. So for this week, I'm thinking, all right, well, I've, I've mentioned some uh, couple of Nintendo games, some Xbox games. All right, well, what what's cool on PlayStation? If you've got a PlayStation, what would be good? And I, you know, the first thing that came to mind that's that's family friendly because. A lot of the cool exclusive games on PlayStation are uh, are more adult theme, but there is one game that's so good and you can absolutely enjoy it with your family or play it with them around, and that is Marvel's Spider-Man. It this is a game Spider-Man has uh, has <laughs> boy video games have been have been really doing Spider-Man wrong for a long long time for the most part, but Marvel's Spider-Man which is made by an incredibly talented studio named Insomniac. They did a tremendous Xbox One game that was one of those kind of just cult classic because sadly nobody bought it. It was a lot of factors surrounding that game, but they made this game called Sunset Overdrive. But uh, Insomniac made Marvel's Spider-Man, and it is so good. It's just, it's it's bursting with joy, that game, as Spider-Man himself is. He's a very joyful superhero, and the traversal, the secret to that game is the traversal. Getting around New York City is so much fun, just slinging the webs and, and you learn how to the, the, use your momentum and swing and get farther on each swing and you can zip across the city. It's a blast. So if you've got a PlayStation 4, because it's an exclusive PlayStation 4 game, Marvel's Spider-Man, you will not regret it. All right. Pro tip of the week time. This one is from Pat in Austin. Go ahead, Pat. Brian, this is Pat in Austin with a Tesla Model X pro tip. When I wash the car, if I move the suspension on very low, it lets me wash the roof of the car without having to get on a ladder. 
and that's really handy. Uh, seems obvious, but I kind of stumbled onto that. The other Renato Pro tip is you don't want to drive with your car in very low. It has uneven wear on the tires. Enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Those are great, Pat. Thank you very much. I have to say, I'm not even sure that I'd have considered those, even if I was a Model X owner. So I think a lot of X owners out there will appreciate your call. Speaking of appreciate, I would appreciate if you have any cool pro tips of the week, just neat things that you've discovered about your car, little Easter eggs or just shortcuts or interesting things that might not be super obvious and or covered in the owner's manual. So if you've got one of those, feel free to send it in. You can record your question. It's the exact same process. Just send it in as if it were a hotline call, as I told you about earlier in the show. And uh, I will play another one of these at the end of next week's show. All right. Let me just plug some friends of the show here. First up, Immaculate Reflections. Doing great work. They're out there. They are... uh, quarantine friendly to touchless drop off and pick up it is uh it is outstanding quality work which i can personally attest to once i do get my zero g wheels as i've said they are going to be going over to immaculate reflections for ceramic coating make them super nice and easy to clean for a long long time if you are a listener of this podcast which you are if you're hearing this There is a discount waiting for you at Immaculate Reflections. You can get in touch to ask about that. So whether you're looking for a just maybe just a nice deep clay bar, wash and wax, deep clean, Immaculate Reflections can take care of you there. Whether you want to uh, do some more longer term detailing like paint correction or paint protection film on some or all of the car or uh, and or ceramic coating on the whole car as well. All that stuff, you're in excellent hands with Jeff at Immaculate Reflections. So get in touch. His website is irdetailing.com. You can also find him on yelp.com slash Immaculate Reflections and on Instagram where his handle is Immaculate underscore Reflections. And then puretesla.com slash RTL, that is a good website to visit because it's a one-stop shop for a simple, elegant, excellent solution to your dash cam slash sentry mode needs. Nothing to worry, you don't have to worry about corruption of the USB drive moving forward because this is a micro SD card based solution that is designed for frequent, constant reading, writing, reading, writing. So uh, you just all you do is go to puretesla.com slash RTL and then choose which of the two kits you want. I've got the 128 gigabyte kit that's $49. If you want to step up and have a super big 256 gigabyte storage option for your dash cam, that's $69. Either way, it ships free in the United States or just a you know moderate shipping fee uh, internationally. Works with Mac or PC and comes right out of the box, all formatted and ready to go. PureTesla.com slash RTL. And this is the final opportunity to get the sale on the Jada wireless charging pad and or the Jada USB hub. So 10 bucks off. If you want the hub, the code for that is Jada, Jada Hub, all one word. $20 off the wireless charging pad for Model 3, code there, Jada Pad. 
which is all one word, or both $40 off of both using the code Jada Bundle. So if any of that is of interest, I would kindly ask that you use my referral link because transparency alert, Jada will kindly throw a couple bucks my way for me having referred you to them. I do use both of these products as I've said a million times before. I really, really love both. Uh, if you're gonna go with one or the other, honestly, I would probably go with the wireless charging pad, but the USB bundle, uh, pardon me, the USB hub is super useful as well. So anyway, my referral link, if you would be so kind to use it, is getjada.com slash R-E-F slash eight, and Jada is spelled J-E-D-A. If you do not already subscribe to the podcast, that is a totally free, not money at all thing that you can and uh, honestly should do because... That means the podcast pushes a notification to you every single time there's a new episode, which obviously is every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. But at least you won't have to remember to go look for it anymore. It will just come to you. So subscribe on just about any of the major podcast services, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, which is in your Tesla, Spotify, uh, I'm also on YouTube, just without, there's no video, but if you do prefer to listen there, you can search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you'll find my channel and can easily subscribe there. Uh, what else? Follow me on Twitter if you're interested, at DMC underscore Ryan, same handle on Instagram. You can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And finally, I want to uh, kindly mention my Patreon, which is the primary way that you can choose, totally voluntary, to support this podcast if you so wish, if you feel that I uh, have earned your support, if, if you are in a position to, to contribute, that would be sincerely appreciated. You can contribute anything. There are different perks and little rewards at various tiers of support, and you can learn all about that at patreon.com slash Podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. And I want to thank, before I go here, of course, this is the part of the show where I thank the Patreon producers. They get producer credit because they support me at a uh, very, very generous level on Patreon, uh, which is always extra appreciated. Every little bit helps. I mean, that's, I know it's like a cliche thing to say, but it's super true. I mean, uh, if, if just, uh, a small number of people contribute, it really makes a big, big difference in my life. So if that is something you might be willing or able to do, I would greatly appreciate if you would check out my Patreon. And I want to thank these people for doing just that. Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, David Brander, Jonathan Wales, Alexi Heft, Logan Willis, Robert Maracle, Jason Chalukas, Joe Edgel, Tim Hyde, Lawton from Chicago, Peter Chalet, Rome Strack, David Vakil, Ulrich Lassa, Luke A., Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Jerry and Mary Smith, Brian Hope, Bill Royko, Lyle Austin, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Michael Waddle, Daniel Grummer, Jeremy, Tesla Owners Taiwan, Jeremy Harris, Rob Brewer, Ron Lee, Chris Konesnik, John Cody, Matthew Wright, Charlie Gillespie, 
Kaz Barnes, Neil Weaver, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peak, Scott Gillis, Will Stedman, Evie Tricity UK, Stig Mickey Jensen, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, Richard Folkers, Matt Kalen, Trenton from Myrtle Beach, The Lydia Family, Michael Rieger, pardon me, sorry, Michael, Michael Regal, sorry about that, Mark Eversoll, Ish, and Ramey from teslaprotips.com. Thank you all sincerely for your ongoing support in this just very uncertain, strange time that we find ourselves in now. So for a, oh wow, that is, Daisy is almost, she's almost kind of managed to make herself upside down on the couch. It's a very hilarious sight. Uh, Anyway, for a snoring Daisy the Boxer puppy, my name is Ryan McCaffrey. This was Ride the Lightning, episode 249, and I will see you back here next week, same time, same day. That's, of course, Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.